Amen. Today is uh, a special my, a special day. I told Savannah my lip is out today. I'm pouting because this is her last Sunday as a garrison. She will be married this Saturday. We're excited for her and what God is doing in her life. And she is a treasure. Amen. 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 I just told Papa Lola on the back. I said, um, this getting old struggle is real. This week I had to increase my font one size so I can see what I'm doing on Sundays. And I have corrective lenses in my eyes. So, you know, it's, it's real. <laughs> so if you're not old yet, if you're under 35, the next 10 years will bring a lot to your life. If you're over 45, you completely understand what I'm talking about because you've been there and you've already done it and maybe you're still doing it. I don't know. But I'm glad you're here. I'm glad Jesus has met us here and I'm glad for the spirit of God that I feel in this place. And this, uh, this is week three of, of Freedom, and this Freedom series is something, this is week four, this Freedom series is something else. We were introduced to freedom, and God's intended freedom for us on the first week, and the sacrifice Jesus made so we could have it. Week two, we talk about freedom in our minds and being transformed by the way we think. Last week was being free through the words we speak, because the, there's power of life and death in what? Not in our fists, but our tongue. And the words we, we choose, whether we're going to speak life or speak death. And, and this week is going to be, it's, going to, it's something else. It's, it's freedom through forgiveness. And uh, this, this, can be a, this is a big deal. And we talk about freedom, you know, and we're, we're excited about it. And we need to live in it. We need, to, we need to live free because Jesus intended for us to live free. That's the bottom line. As far as forgiveness goes, we talk about it a lot around here because it's vital to what we do. It's vital to our relationship with God. And you'll hear it addressed several times a year right here because it's, it's vital to the redemptive work that God does in us. Who likes the idea of being pardoned or forgiven for all the things that you've ever done wrong in your life? Yeah, some of y'all raising two hands. Why? Because we've all done a lot of stupid stuff. The Bible says that we're born in sin, we're shaping in iniquity. That means we're all born sinners. And we, we're, we're really good at sinning. Can some of y'all own that? Can we all own that, that we're really good at sinning and messing up and, and hurting each other and all those things? But we all like, we all also, like, while we're good at sinning, we all also love the idea of being pardoned or forgiven for every single thing that we've done wrong. Who can think right now of a moment that you know without any doubt that you needed forgiveness for? Maybe you still need forgiveness for. Okay, we all do. We all can. Who likes to ask for forgiveness? Three people, four people. See, we like forgiveness. When I, when I said, who wants to be forgiven? You know, people raising two hands. But when I said, who likes to ask for forgiveness? I got four. Because while we want to be forgiven, and we like the idea of being forgiven, sometimes the process is just too much to go through. And sometimes we don't ask for forgiveness because it's just... It's a big deal, and it, we have to admit failure, admit wrongdoing, and sometimes we just don't want to. I was, I was listening to a podcast this week, and the speaker said that if you're always the first to say sorry in a relationship, if you're always first, then that relationship's a, a little bit out of balance. Because you're not always the one that's wrong first, right? So think about that. That's just a little extra. 
Sorry, here's another extra. Sorry with a but following it. I'm sorry, but that's not an apology at all. That's an explanation for why you did what you did. I'm sorry, but what if we repented like that? God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm sorry for hitting that person. But did you hear what they said to me? You may feel remorse for what you did, but you're explaining why you did it, and, and you, don't, you don't repent like that. God, I'm sorry for my gluttony. I talk about food every single Sunday. By the time you leave here on Sunday afternoon, you are ready for lunch. I'm sorry for my gluttony, God, but that sub, did you smell that thing? God, I'm sorry for lusting, but did you see them? You like that one, Elijah. But God, you made them. We don't repent like that when we're talking to God. But many times when, we were, when we're asking for forgiveness from a person, we're, we're trying to, we, we, we want to be forgiven, but we're also at the same time trying to justify what we did and minimize our mistake. And that turns out to be not quite the apology that is, is needed to get past where we are. We, we don't repent to God like that, so we can't repent to people that way. When we repent, we're asking for forgiveness. We're asking for grace. That's what an apology is all about. And God always forgives. Period. God always forgives. Our forgiveness was purchased by Jesus when he died for our sins. Past, all the stuff you've already done, stupid. Present, all the stuff you've hopefully not doing stupid right now at this moment. And future, what I'm going to do tomorrow that's not right. Jesus died for all those sins, and we need to understand that. See, our forgiveness wasn't purchased just, just for what we did B.C., before Christ. Our forgiveness was purchased for all the things we're going to do after we know him because we're still flesh, we're still human, we're still going to make mistakes. Here's God's stance on forgiveness in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, that means we repent, that we're not trying to give an explanation or justification. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all, everybody say all, all unrighteousness. Psalm 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us, from the east to the west. That's infinity. That's how far God has removed our transgression or our sin from us. Jeremiah 31, 34. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Wow. That's a promise right there. I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will simply forget. That is amazing and it's powerful. They not only show how quickly we're forgiven, but the verses show how completely we're forgiven. Who wishes your significant other would remember your sin no more? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? It doesn't work that way with people, unfortunately. 
we, we, we can't really forgive and forget. We may forgive and move on, but it's really difficult for us as humans to forget. So the 65th time you've left the toilet seat up, guys, you're getting in trouble. And you're going to hear about the previous 64. Right? You get the point. It's hard for us to forget. We need the freedom of forgiveness because freedom comes when we forgive. Not just being forgiven, but the act of forgiving. We've already read that God forgives us instantaneously. He gives us, forgives us completely, and he forgives us for, for our future sin that we're going to commit. That's how he forgives us. It's not just about receiving forgiveness. It's the act of forgiving someone else. Let's talk about forgiving and the freedom it brings to your life. Who wants to live free? We all do. We don't want to live in chains. We don't want to live in slavery. We don't want to live addicted to anything. We want to live free. This series is all about freedom and what we have to do and what we can do to achieve it. But if we want to be free, we must, we must forgive. Somebody's hurt your feelings. Somebody's hurt you. Somebody's done you wrong. Somebody's lied on you. Somebody stabbed you in the back. Not literally. Somebody has stolen, hopefully, from you. Somebody has cheated on you. Somebody has assaulted you. Somebody has abused you. That hurts, and we want them to pay. We want them to pay. We want them to hurt just as badly as we hurt. Is, it, is anybody else in here human besides me? We want these people to hurt. We want them to get theirs. We want them to suffer like we have suffered. So we take it upon ourselves to hate on them. I'm not going to ask if you've done this, but does anybody know somebody? You know somebody. Who, when they say a certain person's name, they act like they're spitting. I know none of y'all are like that. None of y'all have, have, have dealt with that at all. The words and deeds of others can wound us to the core in indescribable ways. The words and deeds of others can wound us to the core in ways that we just can't even imagine. But an offense, a wound, a hurt laced with unforgiveness is like an arrow dipped in poison. There's a wound that's immediate, but that poison begins to go to other parts of who you are. And it poisons your spirit, your mind, your, your heart, your relationships. And it seeps into our spirit, causing disease. And harboring unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and expecting the other person to burn. That doesn't make sense. It's not logical to expect to light yourself on fire and just douse yourself in gasoline and light, and light a match and just go up in flames and expecting the other person to burn up. It's not going to work that way. It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That's not how this works. When we drink the poison of unforgiveness, we're the ones that slowly wither. We're the ones that get bitter and angry. And we're the ones that the emotions and the feels always stay there. And they become who we are. And they dictate our future. They dictate our happiness. They dictate everything that we become. Because it's what we dwell on. It's what we think on. And, and we become bitter, angry people full of unforgiveness. And we're poisonous. We're toxic. 
And somebody that, ha- that, that knows can spend five minutes with us and know that we're bitter and we're toxic and we're full of anger and we're full of hate because we're harboring unforgiveness towards someone else. There's freedom through forgiveness, not just receiving it, but there's freedom through giving forgiveness. Harboring resentment and unforgiveness not only keeps us from, from living in freedom, it can harm every relationship that we have, and it makes us unhealthy. It makes us toxic. Mayo Clinic had this to say about forgiveness. Letting go of grudges and bitterness makes way for compassion. It makes way for kindness and peace. Forgiveness can lead to healthier relationships, greater spiritual and psychological well-being, less stress and hostility, lower blood pressure, who, who can get around some certain people and you feel your face start to get hot? Why is that? A, they know the buttons to push. <laughs> some of y'all identifying. And B, we got a little something for them. Maybe we have a whole lot of something for them. But forgiveness leads to lower blood pressure. Fewer symptoms of depression. Anxiety. Chronic pain. How can unforgiveness cause chronic pain? Because it's poison, it's toxic, and it it changes the makeup of who you are. Lower risk of alcohol and substance abuse. Why? Because you're less depressed. If you're unforgiving, you may pay the price. This is still Mayo. This is still doctors talking about this. You may pay the price repeatedly by bringing anger and bitterness into every relationship and new experience. Your life may become so wrapped up in the wrong that you can't enjoy the present. You may become depressed or anxious. You may feel that your life lacks meaning or purpose or that you're at odds with your spiritual beliefs. You may lose valuable and enriching connectedness with others. Even doctors figured this out. That unforgiveness makes us sick and it makes us toxic. And God did not intend for us to live this way again who wants to be forgiven of all the wrongs you've done and all the pain that you've caused other people I have fewer hands this time I got your hands the first time I know you do let's start here Luke chapter 6 verse 31 do to others as you would have them do to you (laughs) do to others as you would have them do to you, known as the golden rule, it becomes quite inconvenient in moments like these. Do to others as you would have them do to you. See, since I've been speaking to you today, you've already thought of people. You've already thought of instances. You've already thought of situations where you've been hurt. You may have thought of situations, instances, and people where you've hurt somebody else. You may have been going through all those emotions. You have been. And right now, some of you are considering things that as, are, as, as of now are unforgiven. And today, by the time I'm finished, which isn't going to be very much longer, you're going to have a choice to make. To be free or not to be free. That's going to be your choice today. We're either going to be free and forgive people for the wrongs they've done to us, or we're going to not be free and we're going to hold on to that mess and we're going to walk out of here toxic. Is that okay? Don't, don't shut down on me. It's going to be okay. 
it's going to be okay. Let's, let's, go, let's follow the gold rule with this fallacy. When you choose to withhold forgiveness, you're hurting the person who hurt you. When you choose to withhold forgiveness, you're hurting the person who hurt you. No, you're not. They're going on about their life. They're happy. They're content. They're tiptoeing through the tulips. They're having a good time. And as they have a good time, because you haven't forgiven them for what they did to you, the more fun they have, the angry you get. And the more success they have, the more you hate them. Y'all know I'm right. And everything good that happens to them, you resent. And every success they have, you look for ways to tear it down. Why? Because you haven't forgiven them for what they've done to you. Does that sound free to you? That sounds bound. That sounds like you're in chains. That sounds like you, you can't get out of your own way. How, how important is forgiveness? Jesus addressed it in the structure of the Lord's Prayer. The six P's of the Lord's Prayer. Presence, praise, purpose, provision, pardon, and protection. Our Father which art in heaven in His presence where He is. Hallowed be your name. You're praising him. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's purpose. Give us this day our daily bread. That's provision. And forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors. It's not just about money. Forgive us as we have wronged people. As we forgive the people who have wronged us. Forgive us the pain that we've caused people as we forgive the people who have caused us pain. That's the pardon portion of the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's, that's protection. Forgiveness is such a big deal that, that Jesus taught us to pray not only for it, but to give it. He didn't just say, ask for forgiveness for what you've done wrong. He said, pray as we forgive those who have hurt us. Let me say this. At some point in your life, it may have already happened a bunch of times, but at some point in your life, somebody's going to hurt you so badly that only God can help you forgive them. It may have already happened to you. If not, it may you might get out freer than the rest of us and it may not happen to you. But at some point, somebody's going to hurt you to the point where only God can help you forgive that person because you can't do it by yourself. But I do know that his strength is made perfect in my weakness. In my inability to forgive, he will step up and give me the strength to do it. And I can do what? All things through Christ who gives me strength. And I refuse to let someone who hurt me go on about living their life and for me to hold on to that junk and not be able to move forward and live a bound, slave-like life. It's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen. It's such a big deal. Jesus said, pray for it and give it. Forgive us as we forgive others. Scripture goes on to say this about forgiveness. In Matthew 6, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, the Father, your Father will not forgive your sins. This, this is a big deal. You need to pay attention right here. 
If you forgive people when they sin against you, God will also forgive you. But if we intentionally withhold forgiveness to somebody else, he will withhold forgiveness from us. In order to be forgiven, we must forgive. In Mark chapter 11, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. That's an awesome verse. Who likes that one? That's candy right there. Whatever you ask, believe, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. So that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. When I go to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. When I'm praying, if I'm going to ask for forgiveness, I better be willing to give it. Because if I don't give it, I can't get it. Does that make sense? Forgive so we can be forgiven. But it's not that simple. Is it ever that simple with us? It's not, but it, it really is. We hesitate to forgive for several reasons. We want to hold on to the anger because we deserve our, we, we deserve our emotions, don't we? We deserve the right to be angry because they really hurt us. We deserve the right to hate on them because they hurt us so badly. So we want to hold on to the anger. We want vindication. We really want vindication. We want to see them fall flat on their face. We want to see somebody take a lead pipe to them. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you have never really been hurt. Sometimes you just want to see somebody get beat down. That's real. That's real, raw human emotion. We want revenge. What's our philosophy when somebody hits us? Hit them back and hit them hard and they hit us. Make them not want to do that again. If somebody hits you and you hit them hard enough in the right place, that'll make them think twice before they do it again. But what does Scripture say? When somebody hits you, what's the Scripture say? To turn the cheek so they can hit the other one. I'm telling you, Scripture and, and the ways of God are a complete paradox to our emotions and to what society endorses us to do. Scripture tells us to pray for those. It's, it's easy to pray for some people, right? I can pray for Elijah. He's a good kid. I like him. I can pray for all y'all in here. You're good. You're, I like you. But Scripture tells us to pray for those who spitefully use you. Come on. I try not to think about those people because they make me angry. Have you ever thought of that person? Some of y'all grinning so big because I know you got that person that's in your head right now. I got an amen on that one. 
you're thinking about that person. But sometimes that person and that instance pops in your head and you just go on a mental tangent, a rabbit trail of what you want to say to them and what you want to do to them and what you want to happen to them. Am I right? And who's always better at arguments in your head than you are in person? Pastor Andrew's got his hand way up. He was the only hand in the place. He's the only honest one in here. No, really. You think about this person and you go down this rabbit trail of what you would like to see happen to them. And what you really, what, what you really want to say to them. Because most of us don't have the nerve to say it to our face, to their face. We'll think it. We may text it. Oh, we may put it on Facebook. Oh, hello, passive aggressive, much. It's always harder to have a face-to-face conversation than it is to the power of the thumb, man. It has empowered our tongue more than the tongue's ever been empowered in our, in our existence. Because the, the Facebook and the Twitter and the text messages, they're, they're just cop-outs. Because we don't want to have the tough conversation face-to-face. But we think about these people, and, and we think of all these things that we want to say, and what we should have said, and what we could have said, and what we want to happen to them. And we're harboring unforgiveness. And we want to be vindicated, and we want revenge. We want them to hurt like we hurt. Or maybe we, we, we even want them to hurt more than we hurt. Why? Because we're human. We want to keep them locked in a prison of our anger. And our resentment toward them. But the only person that's locked in prison is us. Because they're moving forward, living their life. They did what they did, and they moved on. But because we can't move on, because we can't forgive them, because we can't let it go, we are locked in the prison that we built for them. When I forgive, I set myself free. When I forgive, I set myself free free when I forgive I'm free to live I'm free to love I'm free to be loved you know you really can't be completely loved by somebody if you're you're harboring unforgiveness because it taints who you are I'm free to be saved I may have to I may have to forgive somebody every single day (laughs) that means they really hurt me I may have to forgive somebody every single day. I have a friend that, that wrote a book, and it's about forgiving. He said that you, you know you've truly forgiven someone. Now, that this person that we were talking about a minute ago that you don't really have anything against, but you really you can think of ways you want them to hurt. How do you feel when they walk in the room? Think about that. If you're in a restaurant and they walk in, do you try to hide? If you're in a store and you see them, do you turn and walk the other way and hope they don't see you? How do you feel when they walk in the room? He said the only way to know that we've truly forgiven somebody is if we're in a room and they walk in and we have nothing for them. No twinge, no, no hate, no anger, no anything. Now think about that person that you were thinking about a minute ago. If they walk in this room right now, how would you feel? If the person that you hate the most, if the person that you have the most against came to church and sat down next to you, 
Would you be grateful because you want them to experience the life change that you have? Or would you shut down because this is your place? And how dare they come and sit by you? And what are they thinking coming here because what they did to you? If, if those feelings are anywhere on your map or on your radar, you haven't forgiven them. And the only way to know that you have forgiven them is they can be in your space. And you don't have those feelings. Hebrews 12, 14 says, make every effort to live in peace. Make every effort to live in peace with who? Not just the people you like and that have done good things for you. Live in peace with everyone and to be holy. That's a holy lifestyle. That's a holy in my thought, in my actions, to live holy. Because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Make every effort. I may have to forgive every time I think. I told you a minute ago, we, we, we think of these people and we think of conversations we want to have. We think of things we want to do or we want to have happen to them. But I may have to forgive them every time I think about them until those feelings go away. Practice this. When that person pops in your head, I don't know what they did to you. It doesn't matter what they've done. It, it, when in context of forgiveness, it doesn't matter. When you think of that person and you feel those feelings start to rise up in you and, and take control over your mind and your attitude and your spirit, forgive them. But I don't want to forgive them. Do you want forgiveness? Do you want to be healthier? Do you want your blood pressure to be lower? Do you want your relationships to be more healthy? Do you want to be saved? <laughs> then forgive. Forgiveness is a daily, a daily choice. Make every effort to live in peace. The struggle of forgiveness can be very real and it can be very difficult. But when you truly learn to forgive, you are going to experience freedom like you've never ever felt no they're not getting off they're not getting away with, with, with what they did to you God keeps good books he keeps good books that's all I'm going to say here's a great verse to live by Ephesians chapter 4 get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Doesn't that pretty much describe the way you feel toward people who hurt you, who take advantage of you, who have wronged you? Get rid of all that. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. That's a great verse to live by. That means, yes, people have done me wrong. People have hurt me. People have wounded me. But if I continue to hold them accountable for what they've done to me and to have animosity and anger and resentment toward them, I'm, I've done nothing but bind myself in a prison that I've created for them. Just as in Christ God forgave you is how I have to forgive other people. We have been forgiven. How have we been forgiven? Completely and quickly. Completely and quickly. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was dying. We covered this in the Follow Leader series, but I'm going to hit it again. Jesus was dying on the cross and looking out over the very people who had put him there, hanging on a tree, hanging between heaven and earth. 
breathing his last few breaths in complete and utter agony. And what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them because they don't understand what they are doing. When we come to the realization that the people that hurt us, they may, have been vo- they may have been vocal about it. They may have articulated well what they were doing. But we have to understand that hurt people hurt people. When we approach our hurts, our wounds, our problems with people like this, from this through this lens, from this mindset, when Jesus, hanging on the cross, said, Father, forgive them because they don't comprehend, they don't understand, they don't know what they're doing. Remember, remember these points again with me. They didn't see their need to be forgiven. No one around the cross asked Jesus to forgive them. As a matter of fact, they were gambling at the base of the cross to see who got to take his clothes with them. They were having a party at the cross as he died. So they, they didn't see their need to be forgiven. They did not ask for forgiveness, and they did not deserve forgiveness. Those three things. They didn't see their need for it, they didn't ask for it, and they didn't deserve it. But what did Jesus do? He said, Father, forgive them because they don't understand what they're doing. They don't understand how or why they're doing what they're doing. He gave forgiveness. Why did Jesus go through all that? The Bible says he endured the shame of the cross for the joy set before him. And the joy set before him was this right here. The relationship that he would restore with you. The relationship that he was restoring with you and me. That was the joy set. That's why he did what he did. But as his last gasp, Father, forgive them because they don't understand. He modeled forgiveness in a way that we will never have to give it. He modeled forgiveness in a way that we can't even understand. So that's part of the reason why Jesus did what he did to demonstrate that nothing, everybody say nothing. Nothing Nothing is too much for us to forgive. And some of y'all have really, really, really been hurt. And some of the things that have happened to you are unspeakable. And they don't make sense. And they wounded you. And they hurt you. And they, they fostered hate and bitterness in you. But Jesus demonstrated to us that nothing is too big. And nothing is too much for us to forgive. And that is our example. That is our path to freedom. Think about all the things that Jesus endured. They mocked him. That's about the most that, that a lot of us will ever go through. It's not making fun of us. They fashioned a crown out of long thorns. I was cutting grass and a rose bush caught my shoulder. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> Digging at it, trying to get a thorn out of my shoulder. And we freak out and we get, you know, little, little, little bitty pinpricks on our skin. I got a blister right here and it's killing me. I know, right? We're babies. We're soft. They took thorns two, three inches long, made a crown, and didn't just, here, Jesus, here's your crown. They shoved it down on his head. Beaten. Mocked. His back laid open with with what was called then the cat of nine tails of bone and metal and wire and all those things. Just beat with it. 
And then nails in his hands and feet, spear pushed into his side. And he said, Father, forgive them because they just don't get what they're, they don't understand. They're hurt. And he endured that extreme torture to show us, to demonstrate that nothing is too much for us to forgive. That's our example, and that's our path to freedom. Today, we're going to grant forgiveness. If you want to be free, we're going to grant forgiveness. It may, it may not be easy for you to do. I don't expect that it's going to be easy for you to do, but we're going to grant forgiveness. We're going to do two things today. Everybody say two things. We're going to forgive ourselves. Who's ever been so upset at yourself that you just hated you? Yeah. You hated you because you hurt somebody. You hated you because you were lazy. You hated you because you got addicted to something. You, you hated you because you, can't, you, you, were, you, you felt inadequate. You hated you. You fill the blank in. And, and some of us are stuck and living in bondage because you, you hate you. You're mad at yourself. You hold animosity against yourself for whatever you've done and the pains that you've caused others, your sins, your mistakes, your failures, all those things have added up and, and you don't like you. Well, Jesus loves you. And all those things I just talked about, he did for you. He did so he could have a relationship with you. He did so he could save you. So you could be with him in eternity. And that's next month. It's going to be awesome. He did those things so he could redeem you. And you may not like you very much. You may get angry at you. You may think you're inadequate. You, you may hold resentment against yourself. But he's standing ready to forgive you if you'll forgive yourself. So today, we're going to forgive ourselves. Is that okay? Today, it ends. Because today, you're going to start your journey to freedom by forgiving yourself. You may have to do it every day until you really get it, but you're going to do it. It begins today. <clears throat> today you're, you're, begins your freedom from the prison that you built for yourself. Secondly, we're going to forgive other people. That person that you thought about, that you laughed about a minute ago because you got something for them, and you want to see them hurt, and you want to see them lose their job, wreck their pretty car they got, <laughs> or somebody steal it, or better yet, somebody key it. What's that Carrie Underwood song? One of those. With the keys and the bat and all that kind of stuff. That person that you're laughing about again right now, we're going to forgive them. And it's not going to be easy because they have really wrecked your world. And they hurt you. It may be physical. It may be, it, they may have, have stolen something for, or somebody from you, but we're going to forgive somebody today. You, you, you've been have, harboring resentment and anger and hate and bitterness and ill will. Y'all know what I'm talking about. There's no place to hide. You harbor ill will toward those people who have legitimately betrayed you. They hurt you and they harmed you. But what did we hear a few minutes ago when it came to, to Jesus? Nothing is too big to forgive. But you don't know what they did to me. I, I know I don't. And whatever it is had to hurt. It had to be horrible. But when we go to pray, forgive us our sin as we forgive those who sin against us. Important enough that Jesus put it in the structure of our prayer. They may have asked for forgiveness and you didn't give it to them. 
Today that ends. Today that ends. Today you're, you're going to be released from the prison you built for them. Maybe they haven't asked for forgiveness. Maybe they celebrated and flaunted the fact that they messed with you, that they hurt you. And you think that by harboring hate and anger and ill will toward them, that you're somehow getting even. You're not. You aren't. Every day you hold those feelings in your heart. Every single day that you hold those feelings in your heart, your heart is getting colder. It's getting harder. And every day you hold on to that resentment and that anger because they hurt you so badly, your heart is turning to stone. And that hard, cold, stony heart will affect every relationship in your life because you're trying to hold somebody accountable when God says, vengeance is mine. If we trust him, we trust him. We can't choose and pick what we're going to give to God and what we're going to hold on to. It's time to forgive somebody and let it go and release yourself from the prison that you created for them. When you don't forgive somebody and you hold on to it and your heart gets hard and it gets cold, you, you, get, cynic, you get cynical. You know what I'm talking about. If, you, if you've held on to I had to work through some of this. If you hold on to stuff, you get cynical about all kinds of stuff. It's time to let that go. This ends today. Today we will forgive. Not because they deserve it. Not because they've asked for it. But because you deserve it. And you need it. Let's stand together. Y'all ready? This is heavy stuff. And some of y'all are sitting there thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know if I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. His strength. See, the cool thing about this is there's not much cool about this. The good thing about this is we can't do this by ourselves. And what I'm talking about, the hurts go so deep that you can't do it. The hurts go so deep and they're so real and they're so strong that you haven't been able to do it to this point. But when his, what this means when his strength is made perfect in our weakness, what I can't do, he empowers me to do. When I come to him, and ask him, Father, this happened to me. This is shaping who I am. I'm holding on to rage and anger and bitterness and desire for vindication and revenge and all those things. And I'm hating on people and I need to be free of it. What do you think that does to him who modeled this kind of forgiveness? He's going to help you do it. And where we fall short, and where we have issues, and where on our own we can't do this, it's through His Spirit and through His power that He helps us. When I forgive that person today, 
and tomorrow I'm driving down the road and I think of them and I, I start feeling those feelings and I, and I remember today and I say, Jesus, help me forgive this person. And then you say their name and say, I forgive you. You're rattling hell at that point. Just let me, let me tell you something. That stuff that happened to you was, was Satan trying to, to help you fabricate this prison to keep you locked up. And as you forgive, as you verbalize, I'm going to pick a name out of thin air, okay? When I decide, Mark Smith, that's, is that generic enough? Mark Smith, I forgive you for stealing from me. Mark Smith, I forgive you for stealing my girlfriend. Mark Smith, I forgive you for lying to the boss about me and taking my promotion. Mark Smith, I forgive you for beating me up. You may be hating on somebody from fifth grade that beat you to pulp. That stuff sticks. What, whoever the person is, when you think of that person, when you feel those feelings, when you, when you articulate their name, I forgive you. You do it enough, you'll feel it. And when you feel like you can't do it, you ask God, God, help me forgive Mark Smith. I need past this. I need out of this prison that I've created for him that I'm living in. I need to let go of this resentment and this bitterness and this anger and all these things that I feel. And then I will live free. Jesus, thank you for your example that you showed us as you were dying on the cross to forgive people who didn't ask for it, didn't want it, didn't deserve it. Now help me forgive this person.